Okay, welcome to the Cinema Underground. So, yes. This is Giallo Part 2. Yes, we are in Giallo Part 2 now. So, just to recap, we talked about Mario Bava's Blood and Black Lace, and we talked about his Bay of Blood, and we talked about Dario Argento's The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and we talked about Lucio Fulci's Don't Torture a Duckling. Which was fantastic. Which was an amazing film. Unfortunately... We, we said we were going to talk about what we say, the New York Ripper. Yeah. Yeah, problem was... We lied. We lied. I watched the New York Ripper. It is a steaming pile of shit. It's really fucking bad. I'm taking Pat's word for it, but I looked at the review and it didn't quite yeah. seem up to snuff. Well, you know, usually I don't really trust the reviews, but I guess I should start because that was a real piece. There were right. parts of it that were funny. There was like a guy, the murderer quacked like a... He's, talked like Donald Duck. He talked like Donald Duck as he murdered and I think oh, really? rape women was his thing. Yeah. Him talk, that was the rapage. highlight of the movie was, was that he was talking like a duck and I couldn't take much of, <laughs> much of it so I stopped. And then I thought, well, we'll switch it to the psychic so we can cover more Lucio Fulci. I watched the psychic and it opened with the scene with the, did you see the opening scene? No. no. Well, it's just like the end of uh, Don't Torture a Duckling because the psychic girl is like, Mama! Mama! She's having oh, like a psychic episode. Oh, and wasn't some guy getting, but, a puppet getting his face scraped off a cliff? It was a puppet getting her face scraped off a cliff. But it opened with that. It opened with That's that. That's no fun. Yeah, you don't, you have nowhere to go from there, pretty much, and they didn't <laughs> go anywhere. So, it's looking more and more like Lucio Fulci's career went way downhill. I feel like I wish we would have looked at a, a more earlier earlier things of lizard and woman skin but what we're trying to do is move through the uh, era oh, yes, somewhat yes. coherently and it's just not gonna we did we for this one because we watched Sergio Martino's torso yes and it was amazing mm -hmm. I thought maybe we should do more Sergio Martino because he's considered this lesser Giallois. Which I don't understand how because he's clearly one of the best. The, the one best of the cinematography, yeah. the most creative plots. I mean, right. I, I guess you could say the acting is not always amazing, but it's like he understands that and he utilizes it better than uh, anybody he else. He utilizes it well. Yeah. And also the nods to like a whole bunch of other media in general are like pretty for, cool. for instance. Like Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yes. Um, the black, a the black bunch cat. Of, uh, and the cask of Amontillado. Yeah. Although it was only specifically... It was specifically your vices, a locked room, and only I have the key, which only is the I full the name of the movie. Your vice is a locked room, and only I have the key, which reminds me of a, a other bit of housekeeping. I made a couple mistakes last time. I got a little overexcited and jumped the gun. I really wanted to talk about Goblin. I oh, said, the, the I band. Yeah, the band. The, the music, I love the music in these movies are fantastic. I own several of their albums, so it's kind of unforgivable that I assumed that the go Goblin played in The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Unfortunately, in researching Deep Red, I learned that this was the first film he worked with Goblin on. I also learned that he first 
you tapped Pink Floyd and they said no. Or you tapped Pink Floyd and they were busy. I don't want to say they said no. I'm not sure that they did or not. But this is how... And then he looked around local bands and he found... Um, in Italy and he found Goblin. And they do the soundtrack for Deep Red and it's fucking killer. Right. It's just... Just a boom, um, boom, 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 boom. It's not like, but the in the. I'm sort of surprised that 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 wasn't was gone out. That sort of music was going on in in, in Italy. At in the Italy, time. yeah, no, Italy has good bands now. I think there's some good metal bands. Oh yeah. Do you know of any off the top? Um, off top. Off the top, top. I like whiskey. Whiskey ritual. Whiskey ritual. It's yeah, a great, it's, it's like this crusty. It's this crusty, rocky, blacky, uh, like nationalist band. Should I like pull up some whiskey ritual or something? Uh, for real quick. It's really okay. Just a quick, just to get us in the mood for this giallo thing. It's the, if it's an Italian band, I think we might need yeah, it. Yeah, there's some, they sing in English. Play uh, my funeral. Oh. My funeral. They, apparently, they do a cover of Gigi Allen's "Bite at You Scum." Yeah, which is you know they do do that. Okay, uh, what's it called? My funeral. Here it is. Okay, this is immediately killer. I think Dario Argento would be into this. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty. It's amazing. But I, mean, I like metal. I like the metal. I love it. I love it. I love it. My whole life. My whole. There's my other whole Italian life. bands. Oh, I, I made another mistake. Believe it or not. I want. I wanted to. Po- I wanted to say specifically. I feel like I glossed over so much of what I said in the original episode was shit that I got from so deadly, so perverse by Troy Howard. So more mm-hmm. off. It was specifically. It was volume one. So if you get a chance to read. So Deadly, So Perverse by Troy Howarth, Volume 1. It is, he gets so deep into Giallo and everything that went into all these productions. It starts off with this great introduction to Giallo and he explained everything I said at length about... Which in, in book form. In book in book form, so it's much more entertaining. And, and it's just, and he also... Yeah, in the future, Jeffy needs to read the books too, I think. Yeah, we'll let Jeff borrow yeah. the book. Well, it yeah. took me a long time to read it because I'm reading... A lot of erotica right now. Oh, so, really? Yeah, a lot of about nuns. That's kind of my thing. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not about uh, lesbians that are married. No, it's during, about during post-fascist Italy. No, it's tra- uh, tranny <laughs> tranny nuns. But ah, yeah, it's no, it's not that on topic. Because apparently that was a thing during the seventies. What was the thing during the seventies? The uh, the glorification of like lesbians and stuff like that. <laughs> they love the, the Italian men love lesbians of apparently. Course. I mean, especially white on black lesbian action. They do. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, well, specifically in Sergio in Sergio Martino's, Martino's films, he's always got some nice black right, on right, white. That one, that one uh, actress. What what is her name? The the uh, the and um, your is in your vice or in torso? Oh, she's in both. Is that the same woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Okay, well, let's find her. It was the maid in... Right, it was the maid in Vice, and then it was uh, her one of her ditzy friends. I think it's Carla Bray. It says Carla Bray. Yeah, Carla Bray. That's her name. And she's in both of them. Yeah. And she is... fine, lady. But yeah, she's in both, and she does is one of the best things about. Yeah, both actually, films. I really liked her roles in both movies. I did. However, the le- I felt like the lesbians in the in torso, like they didn't talk for an extended period of time. Right, right. They just sort of laid around. They laid nude. around nude. Right, and, and it was just sort of show factor. Where yeah, 
I mean, it made a certain amount of sense because, like, they had that scene where, like, all the, like, the entire town of, of greasy men, one guy has, like, his eyeball just, like, hanging out. They're all right. just, like, gawking at them and, like, that fine old Pete the damn there. Right. And she's just sitting on top of a, tra- top of a tractor. Oh, the milkman. <laughs> and the the milkman. Milk oh, the milkman and that dope. He's oh. a colossal dope. <laughs> milkman just shows like, hey. hey, I got your milk, I got I got your eggs, and I got your things. Okay, well let's talk let's talk a little bit about your vices of the locked room. And only I have the key because we interjected this and it actually is going back a little bit. What we're trying yeah. to do, we're trying to do a timeline from like timeline going just yeah, some now we're going. linear time, but we're going back a little bit. Yeah. But that's because Sergio Martino deserves our attention. He's a great director. He's a great person. Honestly, like, out of all the movies I've watched, Sergio's probably my favorite, to be he, honest. Sergio's like, my favorite director. There's just something about the way he does it that is so slick and so smart, and the camera work is so creative. And nobody yeah. does it like this. It's just what he does with and the camera. And it's surprising and... It's always surprising. It's like you can't predict his movies. You might guess at one point that the person, like, in your vice oh, is a locked room. But guess what? It was just a coincidence. Yeah. I mean, I did at some point I said, like, oh, well, maybe the wife is the killer. But I said that about everyone in that movie. Right. It turned out the wife was the killer. But I didn't imagine but the But she didn't kill of all of them. In fact, the things that allowed her to set off that chain of events was in fact coincidence. Was a coincidence of a random man released from a psychiatric hospital who was killing women. So it worked out. Which was it's just, it always harkens back to these great crime novels. Like it's very Raymond right, Chandler. The book, the book salesman that worked with the first woman who got killed was 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 jealous apparently. He was a jelly felony. He, he was jelly. Okay, so again, what was that? The, the book salesman who worked with uh, the husband there. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name. It wasn't really mentioned. It wasn't so, mentioned oh, much. Olivia. 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 Was Olivio, it Olivio. Is it Olivia or Olivia? Olivia. I thought it was Olivia, but I could be wrong. Olivia. Because I'm obviously just bastardizing Olive, changing man. everybody's names. Olive Face. Oliviero. Yeah. That was his name. Oliviero. I feel like I'm pretty good with the pronunciation so far. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I was just want to point out is I'm not going to say Mario. Because to me, it's just Mario. Mario. It's Mario. It's Mario. Me, Mario. That's what I think of. It's not Mario, really. It is in in Italy. Yeah, it's pronounced Mario. But anyway, as Jessica Harper, when she she calls him Dario, and she actually spent time with him, so I assume she knows his name, unless she's just some cold bitch. But anyways, in um, yeah, I was super super. uh, Well, it just. It so just keeps on getting, keeps on making you guess. Yeah. Because the salesman, you thought the, you know, the movie was gonna end in the first thirty minutes. Oh, they found the fucking killer. Yeah, yeah. You, Except it wasn't. No. You know, they just used and they made that it, happenstance shit. Yeah. And I guess the uh, like, Oliviero being the killer was obvi- was too obvious. So right. I knew it wasn't him. But and he's like one of the few people who didn't. They, didn't kill people in that movie. Yeah, he he, he actually he, did. he didn't. He was just it, you know what it was a lot like. It was he a lot. He was just a fucking raping asshole. He was a, he was a rapey raper. There's like these Trumpian rape scenes. Right. Uh, oh, dude, I felt so bad for the wife up until like that one point where she just started smiling. Right. Yeah. No, oh you feel. Oh my god. That's what was so brilliant about it. It makes you feel for the wife. It makes you like feel like deep down you're scared for and her. And it's like oh she had like some real. 
emotional good sex with with her half cousin or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, her, uh, her niece, her, her niece by I mean, her niece-in-law. And you felt good about that. And then the niece is just the niece is just giving it up to everybody. Right. The niece is trying to rob them both yeah, of yeah. the fucking riches. Yeah. And, oh. But oh, but every it's all in it's all she's got it all up here that life character whatever her name was. If it wasn't for that fucking cat. Oh yeah, and Irina, Irina. Yeah. Except for the cat, because it's just like Florina. the black cat. No, Florina was the uh, was the uh, niece, was it not? Yeah, Florina was the niece. Yes, that was the niece, and Irina was the wife. Was it? Yeah, I'm looking right at IMDb. Oh, okay. I'm looking at it. But first of all, let's give a synopsis. I'm going to read what an IMDb has for a synopsis because I like IMDb's very brief. A series of murders are committed near the estate of a degenerate author and his wife. That tells you nothing. Oh, that's perfect for you. What? I was like, all the movies you seem to like the best are all about, like, writers. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they are. And I like this, well, there's this, like, it's a lot like The uh, the Long Goodbye by Raymond Chandler. And The Long Goodbye by Raymond Chandler, so there's this, this like, uh, over-the-top drunk writer. It turns out that in a fit of passion, he he's also has writer's block in the book. In a fit of passion, he's fucking his, uh, his neighbor's wife. And he when was this made? This, well, uh, okay, so there, it was a book that was written probably in the fifties, but the movie, well, there's a Robert Altman movie called mm-hmm. the Lo- with uh, Elliot Gould. It's incredible. It's not terribly like the book because Elliot Gould is like this very like sort of eccentric version of uh, Philip Marlowe, but it works really well. I, a lot of people complain about his depiction of Philip Marlowe, but I feel like it was pretty close to what I thought he would be oh, like. Okay. He's cynical and he's funny. He's witty. He like he's lonely. He talks. He just has these good quips, which he as he does in the book. But anyway, so the writer in the book murders a woman when he was drunk, and then he's being like blackmailed over it, and so forth. So there's like this similarity of, of topic here, and it's this because it goes and your your vice your, bl- your, your vice. I feel like. Stephen King made into like three different mo- uh, three different books, like yeah, Misery, mm-hmm. The Shining, like yeah. every that that whole scene with the the typewriter, the with yeah, the that, was a, that was almost that, exactly like so, The Shining. That's exactly that's the exact same thing. What what did the typewriter say? It said like uh, vend- Well, when the, well, that was the second time. The second time it was uh, it was an Italian. I will kill my book. wife. I right. will kill my wife and I will put her in the cellar. There I will kill my wife. I will put, I will her, put in her in the cellar. Because that's what she deserves. Right. We're always trying to preserve her like a vintage wine. I don't know. Anyway, so this is the theme of impotence and right. I mean, it makes you think throughout the beginning of the movie that he is a writer who has writer's block, which they which they compare to impotence. Right. But then they give you a, they hint at. But, but he's not impotent. Well, they hint at it to, to throw you off, and then when he bangs his niece. I mean, that's what you really got to do if you want to prove you're not. You got to bang your niece. That's, right. That's the first thing. Or just have book with your or have, uh, have sex have with, with your book with distributor. Or there. your book distributor. Yes. She, uh, we're calling her a book distributor, but she just was like a lady who worked at a bookshop. Right. Well, that's <laughs> what it was in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I thought Oliviera looked like an ugly James Con. Yeah. James Con was in misery. Yeah. James oh, okay. Conn was the uh, the miser- the miserable man who right, just gets his, right. who gets hobbled. Yeah. Which I don't know why, but when I watched that scene when I was a kid, I don't know, I really thought it was funny when he got hobbled. So yeah, so 
Okay, Ugly James Con. I don't know why. That, that popped in my head almost immediately. And honestly, whoever trained that fucking cat has to be fucking given mad fucking props. Mad props to the cat trainer. Dude, like... It was great with the cat. The scenes were... What are they going to do? You can't fucking just poke a cat with a fucking cattle prod to get it to act like that. Back then you could. Back then you could. What? They're just going to, like... Well, not edit out poking. the cattle prod. No, they I'm not saying that. The- but they could, they could <laughs> hurt, they could hurt the cat and make it make sounds back then. I'm not saying that they could do it. I'm saying that they did do shit back then. You ever see Cannibal Holocaust? Oh yeah, I've seen Cannibal Holocaust. Remember they just like slice open that poor oh, that turtle. turtle. But you know, it's funny they though. Ate it. Yeah, they, yeah. That's well, that, that was the argument they made. The director made. I love the fact that a fucking cat's name is Satan. Satan, even yeah. though it's like actually its name should be Justice. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, and you learn that the the Fiora or whatever is the the, the name niece? of uh, oh. Olivia's wife there. Oh, Irina. Irina. What about her cheekbones, man? Those are freaky. Oh, those were fucking. And that's the first thing I noticed. Her cheekbones are just gigantic, right? Pulsating, like, like looks like she's just right. Really, if you, if, I mean, I guess she was technically pretty, but. Those cheekbones are freaking me out. Oh, her face made uh, no sense. Three fifths of a pentagram. <laughs> it did. <laughs> that was intentional. Right. Uh, but uh, and she had a big ass red hair all the time, just like a huge red beehive afro thing. But she poisoned Which his she, mom. Because, yeah, she killed his mom. Uh, because that was one of the things he that had made. sex with his mom. So she ki- that was why that she wasn't killed. his actual mom. That was his dad's mistress, and he knew that. Oh, I didn't and, I catch that. You watched it more recently than I did. I watched mm-hmm. it yesterday, so I have much of an excuse. So that whole bit with the gown, her trying on the gown. and so mm-hmm. I mean, it starts out like in that scene where he like goes around. That the, is a beautiful gown. It is. But anyway, so he goes around that party. Not practical. No, it's not. Well, no, no gowns from that time period. They kept calling his mother a whore. But it wasn't really his mother, you just said. Right. So it's okay right. to call her a whore. Right. His, or maybe, uh, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but. No, he was raised by a mistress mm-hmm. that he had sex with. Yes. But his real mom was his real mom. Okay. That he didn't have sex with, apparently. There was something lost in translation, yeah. definitely, in this there movie. Was, uh, there was a scene that didn't make sense I was just trying to think about. Or it just didn't make sense to me. Some of it. Well I, didn't, I did, well, I didn't understand why she killed the mom, but I didn't get that he had sex with the mom. But you just said that he didn't. That's what he was accused of. He was accused of sexing his mom mm-hmm. so then she killed the mom and she but she so she tortured him every day of his life and there was the idea that he had writer's block but did he maybe only have writer's block because he was constantly just under emotional turmoil from just the psychological damage his wife was doing to him on a daily basis right but he was in a position of power the whole time like, he appeared from to what be. we from what we, we were knew. given that perspective yeah because from the very beginning so he has this the scene in the beginning where they bring in all the people mm-hmm. that, that live in the right. campground all the hippies and He's he like, takes all oh. their drinks and mixes them together and then forces it down his wife's throat. Mm-hmm. And then she's all freaked because out. Because she wouldn't cheers and cheer to his mother. Yeah. The, the countess. She did not care for the countess. Right, right. But anyway, you so. Gotta he, love the countess. So I love that whole scene where she's gagging and. And like, and you're just wondering what the dynamic is. Oh, the poor woman. Yeah, poor woman who's been like totally mind raping this guy for years, (laughs) just in the most subtle, obscene way. Poisoned his mom to death unknowingly. Yes. Not just that. The way she described it, she was like, "I've just been fucking with him for years, just like little things, just like, just nothing." 
And there was that one a moment he hits her in the face, which is obviously horrible, but then he goes in there and starts typing, and I almost felt good for him for a minute. I didn't realize he was doing a little pulling a Jack Torrance in there. I was right. like, he's finally writing because he fucked his niece. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. I was like, oh, writers with problems? No fucking way. Writers dude. don't have problems. Holy just, shit. In theory, they shouldn't because you just sit around writing all day, but apparently that brings uh, it closer to your mind, which but is not a good thing. De- Detective Far. If he- uh, Farla. Detective Farla. The fat one. Yeah, Who I liked how the detectives were fat. They were, that was fun. Farla, the fat one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the first time you meet him, he says, uh, murders, uh, begin to involve all sorts of people. Which is like the Giallo fucking yeah, that's, that's, the mantra. That's, that's the mantra. Like, that is the mantra of Giallo. Just murder begets murder, and they're not always related, and that it's, right, it's just coincidence chaos, and coincidence. And I like how they do that, because it's realistic. You know? It's mm-hmm. actually how life is. Murders... Cause well, all life is chaotic. All life is chaotic. It's coincidental. Specifically murder, though. If you look at like, real murder cases, there's always, like, other murders in there that they just start tossing towards people. Because there's just murders happening. And they'll just and one is similar enough where they'll lump it in with a serial killer. You know? Right. And that's just sort of dumb. It is on their part, but it's also like you're under pressure to solve murder cases, and you get a guy who's like psychotic and will will admit to anything. Why pass that up? If you, I mean, everybody in every job is lazy, <laughs> but it's serious business. It's it serious is serious business. Uh, you know it isn't. What isn't serious? Uh, apparently, being a communist hippie in Italy during, during <laughs> this time period. Were you talking about the people who... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and his, and his, and his niece also lived in a commune, so there's always reference to right. the and the, the So that, that makes me wonder, like, because you fall in love with his niece, like... Me personally? It, well, I mean, um, we you, you, a, a, you the proverbial like the you like the niece. at first, yeah, because she's because she's but then consoling you the mother. Like, oh my god, she's just fucking robbing these bitches. She's robbing them blind, the, playing right. angles, getting the D and the V anywhere she possibly can. Right. She's just playing mind games with everybody. She's like, she's like, I saw you watching me, and I was all like into it in my sleepy bag with the with the cool motorbike guy felt bad for the motorbike guy because he was cool he had this like vibe like right brown. he was like he was the only legit person in that movie he was legit and he was like vincent gallo and brown bunny mm-hmm. he was like this sexy motorcycle driver <laughs> or a baby like, driver or baby driver there's something about a man who knows how to work a vehicle which confounds me because i don't uh the italians are all about that shit oh, yeah. for a have been forever that's true Speaking of which, mm-hmm. apparently, this the provincial 1970s Italy, mm-hmm. so like backwoods Italy, is exactly the same as backwoods America today. Today, yes, like it's the exact same. It's the exact same thing. It's it's dirt bikes, fucking crappy houses, incest, drinking, and weird old ladies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the old lady was like just like getting her sticking her nose in all the time. Right. Sticking her nose into murders. Get out of your own fucking business. That's what I say. It's like yo, you just saw a woman a woman that you know stab what is essentially and legally her cat Mm -hmm. after seeing dead birds fucking in the fucking uh, their the her dove coop or whatever. I had a dove coop and some cat named 
Satan, which I kind of want. Which I want to get own also. Which you also own. And then you stab that cat to punish it. It's an eye for an eye, literally, because she stabs its eye mm-hmm. out. Which I think that happens in Pose the Black Cat. I don't remember. Uh, I read it. I read the synopsis, and that does happen because he gets all crazy. And I read drunk. it like yeah, I read it like last year. Oh, so, I never, I never read it. Mm-hmm. No, I read. A, yeah, read a I big, mean, I read it. You read it. I read, I read it. it. I read it. I read it. I read it because I like read it. So your vice is a locked room. It was just an incredibly sexy movie. Obviously, it is. Sergio Martino is like the sexiest, delicious sex. However, the one lesbian scene, the way they cut that was a little annoying because there's the constant fade ins and fade outs, and it was just like, oh, a face and a face and a face. It's like. No, just, mm. dude, just just show just two show women making out and feeling up their titties. Thing. And then they should just show it and not. And I'm a gay man, so like, yeah. just show them fucking touching the titties and some and real like emotion in it. Just the whole thing. Just right. get in like, there. I want to see it. Some butt. Cause it doesn't feel grabbing real. some butt. Grabbing some butt, like as you would. Cause it doesn't feel real when it's just cutting from their like faces and they're just like nestling faces like. You're not gonna get an orgasm from nestling a face. I don't know, depending if you have like a face fetish or something. There were no people. There's no. There's been no cannibalism in these movies. There, I feel like they had to do a bad. At least no, maybe not. It seems like what, I mean. It's like the maybe that's the one taboo they shy away from. I mean, oh yo, to uh, go back to that one scene with um, with uh, the biker man and uh, mm-hmm. the niece. Um, that scene lasted exactly twenty seconds. Which scene? The sex scene in the, in the sleeping it, bag? Yeah, yeah. It because did. she probably came in twenty seconds because she knew uh, Olivia. Uh, he was watching. Was watching. That's a thrill. That's a thrill for some Ooh, people, dude. They're so fucking on top of their Kinky. game in this movie. Kinky mother brothers. So yeah. So yeah. Oh, that terrible song. That song in the oh, beginning. Oh my daughter, god. Daughter. Daughter. And the woman singing the it is obnoxious looking. She looks like a like a feral cat. Get her face and torn off. Like dancing. It's so dan- the woman like, is dancing horribly because everyone knows hippies are the worst dancers. They are. They're garbage, dude. And it, like, I want to say. I mean, I want to say maybe we liked the movie so much because that scene ended. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. A thing. But you have to think maybe when. We see a movie and there's some nice, pretty Italian song where it's like, da, 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 like, like in Godfather and those nice wedding songs. Right. Maybe it sound like shit to Italian people. You don't know. Maybe they want some weird Zydeco stuff. What's a Zydeco? Uh, like uh, Louisiana Marsh people blues, oh. uh, French uh, oh. fusion rock stuff with like that's what that is. It's called Zydeco. Yeah, it's that Cajun music. Sounds bitchin'. Okay, so oh, I guess there are all these like subtext things people said to one another. There was one like you're eating out tonight. When she are you going? You're gonna go out fucking oh, right, somebody else. Right, right. Oh, there was uh, there was a, a lot, lot of, of that. shit like that. And there was another one I don't quite remember. I think it was something <coughs> the police officer said maybe. Or um, Irina talking to Fiorina. Fiora. Florina. 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 Oh Christ. <laughs> but when they were all having picnic atop the cliffs, she was like, "You know, this uh, this could have a happy ending." Oh yeah, 
Just and I'm like, oh, happy ending how? And then she was like, oh yeah, just push him off the cliff. Push him off the cliff like you're standing on the end of a subway. Just give him a right. shove. <clears throat> Third rail. Go. Sorry. Oops. You know. And that's exactly what she did to that random dude. Yeah. The random the dude random who dude apparently who... was the killer and the extra, yeah, the, the it, typist. That was the thing, too, is, is she's so maniacal. But she's like Manson maniacal. She doesn't do the killing herself, which is like almost scarier, because she doesn't. It's like she right. makes people I was like actually way scarier. Is oh, dude, by the time they were splitting up, I'm like, and and she showed her where the uh, what jewels and yeah. shit. I, was I like, didn't oh think what I thought was gonna happen. I thought she was gonna take it in a different way. I thought she had given her the jewels in order to like call the police and say, "This woman came, said wow, she was a niece, and murdered, up. set her up, and murdered our housekeeper and my husband." Which would have been smart. I feel like mm-hmm. that's one way they could have taken it. Maybe it's a little too straightforward though, because this movie is not—it's anything but straightforward. They, whatever the easy way is out, they did not there take is it. There's no easy way. Yeah, they. They complicated everything, but in a shit, beautiful way. If a cat way. is fucking your shit up, then, yeah. then you have not added. That an was easy the life. only thing going against that woman was just that one cat. The, naming the cat Satan, I don't know if I understand. It's just a bitching name for a cat, I guess. But and it was. It, I hate. Was it misdirection? For the most part. Well, I'm. I I like them. I'm allergic to them, so I cannot be around them. But I don't. I'm more of a dog person, clearly. But as we both are. Just wait. Just wait. When I get a house, you'll be cuddling with some super energetic fucking pit bull or okay, something. Okay, pit bull is like okay. Boxers, man. I, I'm too low energy for a boxer. They are well insane. Tra- a well trained. My friend used to have a boxer, and it just would just punch you in the nuts every time. Oh, yeah. Punch me in the nuts every single time. It would slobber all over. I would just be gnawing on my legs no matter where I went. And just I would just be sitting there just thinking, like, why do I come over here? <laughs> and also I had a friend I had Jack Russell Terrier I just hated I have all these friends who had dogs as a kid they're just like loud I feel like little loud nasty dogs are not my favorite no, which I, are in none of these movies there's no yippy little shithead rat dogs right rat dog even though Jack Russell Terrier isn't, isn't quite that no it's not they look fine also, I like the Jack. <laughs> but they what? They look okay. They do look okay, but they act like a piece of shit, and they're so loud and obnoxious and yippy and jumping up and down, up and down. Calm your shit. Right. And I mean, I guess the moral of the story is, don't fucking marry a cat man. Yeah, don't, because they're creepy. Don't do that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. A man who's like more emotionally attached to his mother's his dead his mother's, dead mother's cat. cat, but it's because he was morally attached to his dead mother. Right. But still, I see your point. Just because not stay a away dog from in the him. house. People, dog people are generally pretty good people, I think, because it's more of an emotional. They're bond at the very least rednecks. Sometimes your redneck can be a good person, uh, right, like, right, They have exactly. backwards views, but you know they have, they have a heart of gold a lot of times. I'm sort of glad and sort of sad. Sort of um, glad uh, and sort of sad. Feeling Olivia, like a dead dad. Oliviaro. 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 I'm sad for what happened to him. I mean, his reaction to it. he was actually the only one who didn't kill people, but he was like a contemptuous, he ignorant he person. <laughs> he called his... He fucking... Rapes his maid. He rapes and his maid. Calls, calls her a negress and a stuff. A negress, yeah, that's not. Which was pretty, PC. like. 
even back I then, mean, I don't, right, I don't right. think that I was don't think a that's... word that was getting thrown around all that often. Yeah, and he rapes his wife. That's the only time he sleeps with his wife is when he rapes his wife. He does it right. twice in the movie. He does it in the chicken and he tries coop. Well, to, and he tries to in the chicken coop, but we don't know if he's impotent or not. Or at that if point, he just we stops. still think he might be impotent. We don't know. Right. We don't know for sure until he bangs his niece. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, so definitely, the wife's vice is revenge. Revenge. The the Vendetta. blocked off wall in the basement is the room, and, and only and the, the cat, cat has the key. And the cat has the key, and that it's basically great. just releasing all of them from their fucking vicious cycle of revenge. Yeah. Yeah, I love the mania of her, like, the revelation of the... It was very Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, so many Edgar Allan Poe stories end like that, with just someone going into a mania and revealing everything they did. Right. And, like, because the idea that, like, you can't fight guilt, I but there's clearly in real life there's people who can. Right, and they're sociopaths or yeah. psychopaths. And it wasn't or... so much her guilt as just, like, her intense fear of Satan the cat. Well, it was her intense intense need for revenge, or, you know, mm-hmm. the vendetta against, against her, husband. her husband's family, and it just so happens that the cat fucking is smarter than she is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was implied that the mother had, had possessed the cat. I know there's no... Di- it's, Probably. This is Giallo, so there's no direct supernatural. They don't say the supernatural is happening, but they imply it sometimes. Dude, I don't know about you, and this sort of ties in with the whole Italian view of women at the time, apparently. Yeah. Is that they're sort of like, you know, they're sort of like weak and they need a man's uh, mm-hmm. guidance, et cetera, et cetera. But if I stab the cat in the head with a pair of scissors, that motherfucker is going to die. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think you were supposed to think that the cat was like super... Right, Being human, super right. feline. It was a ghost cat. It was a ghost cat to some extent. You're supposed to so the spiritus catos. And for a while, I think they were implying that the cat was dead, and the meows were in her head. And they're implying that, but right. it was there. Oh yeah, for very for, for quite a, a long the, time. And these uh, movies are surprisingly like long. Too. Yeah, they're, they're long. like uh, an hour forty minutes. Yeah, they go they go past the obligatory hour and a half. Mm-hmm. They give you a little more bang for buck. What you got? You got to give it a tip of the hat. But, okay, yeah, I just want to point out why we replaced Sergio with Lucio Fulci with Sergio. Because he's, he's so, so much good. better. Yeah, Lucio Fulci just fell off, man. I couldn't believe how bad the psychic was and how bad. I didn't see either well, of for them. You don't see them. I didn't see either I'm of them. I'm not recommending that. I don't want to talk about bad films it. on here. I mean, it may come up, but I would like to suggest films that are worth watching, and so far I think we've done that. That is true. Mm-hmm. We have done that. We have done that. Have we, have we talked enough about? I almost want to play that god awful song from uh from <laughs> <laughs> the intro song. The intro song. Hold on, uh, let me cue it up here. Humans, this song. Also in English. Yep. In a dubbed movie. (laughs) This is written by like a ten-year-old. This is so bad. It's like or an Italian with minimal like understanding Jason of English. It's like fucking uh, propaganda films. Oh my god. 
Okay. What color are your dreams? Give me a fucking break. They're either yellow, black, or red, according to this movie. According to these movies, (laughs) yes. Okay. Do we want to switch over and talk about torso? Let's talk about torso. I think we should. Okay. I'm going to start off with Tor Johnson. Tor Johnson! Okay, if you don't know who that is, he's the wrestler man from Plan 9 from Outer Space. That's right. And it just... uh, I don't know, Torso, Tor Johnson. It you know, sounds similar. Is, it's similar. related. It's clearly related. It's a yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, also, like, apparently everybody learns all of their life lessons in Italy in churches. Mm-hmm. You know, because it starts out in a church. Yes. It, it does all that. It turns into some weird love affair stuff with yeah. bikers. That oh, yeah. Obviously obsessed with with their motor motor vehicles. Yeah, all, they're just spinning around everyone, in Everyone and, is obsessed with their fucking oh yeah, motor vehicles. yeah, all these vehicles. Men are portrayed as extremely violent in this film. Yeah. And even the intellectual professor in that first opening scene is just shitting all over the uh, Susie Kendall's ideas. Well, who, what was her name in the movie? Susie Kendall. Uh, who, oh, wait, no, that's a guy. Jane. She played Jane. So she's like talking oh, about... Oh, that's what they call scarfs. She's talking about that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The scarf. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it, Florenza? Fulari. Fulari. Gulardi. Yeah, so, but yeah, even that guy's a, just, uh, every, just Menor is very aggressive in this movie, very angry, and then obviously Stefano, who's the red herring, he's just, right. he's just, he, and he's actually just like some lovesick he's dude. He's some lovesick dude who ends up choking a prostitute, it happens, you fall in love, it hurts. It's the 70s. She, she, well, she didn't get paid, that's the only thing I, right. I think yeah. was unf- yeah. unfair. So yeah, there was a lot of baiting and switching going on in this movie. I thought when it started that Daniela was going to be the uh, main character. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of did focus on her quite a bit, but it would very cleverly switch to Jane. I mean, that slowly. was the one who broke her foot. Yeah, Jane. She who she was. Oh, that she's the oh, most. Um, mm, no, she she played her part very well. She I was thought. the best actress, but the other ones were really flat, I guess. Especially Danielle. Well, I think that was sort of the point. That was kind though. of the point. It was the point. But what's her name? Carla, the uh, the um, the black actress there, mm-hmm. also did fantastic. She was very good. She, uh, I mean, granted, most of her stuff was just acting like a lesbian, but... Yeah, but she did it I well. Loved, I, I believe I loved it. everything I believe, about this I, movie, I believe actually. that she was This movie is actually very... Very well done. Very well shot. Incredibly... Very cool, the cutting of the scenes with the dolls and the way. Uh, also, yeah. there's a bit with dolls in your vice yeah, is a lot of dolls. There's a lot of dolls. Yeah. So there's a scene, I love how they did that, where they had a scene where he'd be cutting up the bodies and then it would oh, switch to oh, cutting oh, up the dolls. That was terrifying. It was very scary. Especially, I mean, you would think it would be more terrifying just to the show doll, the body. the doll eye poking, like, oh, right yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. And they made, so you knew that was coming. And they very much make it seem like Stefano's the obsessed one with dolls. But right and and like when they're all bathing down by the river, mm-hmm. she's like Stefano, come out. You know, okay. probably oh, not so Stefano. No. By the way, spoiler alert: there are spoilers in our podcast. Yeah, it's mostly spoilers, like ninety percent spoilers, and we don't care. We're pre-spoiler. Yeah. 
right? generation. You better be listening to this in a state where you won't remember what we're fucking saying, and you just got to take home the fucking. Oh bullet yeah, points. if you're listening to this sober, then you're not you're not doing it right. Turn it off right now. Go get a bottle of Listerine. Slam just it all. Just get the major points. Yes, get the major points. Inject some ketamine into your calf muscle. There you go. Do it the right way. Don't be a little bitch. Okay, so you have Stefano as the red herring, and it's pretty. And he is the the reverse of the Fulardi or whatever. Fulard. It, it was red on black, not black on red. Red, right? That's so. right. And oh, this was. Uh, I made a mistake. Correction. Correction. It wasn't. It wasn't your vices. <laughs> it wasn't your vices locked in a room, and I only have the key. It was this movie whose man's facial moles were confusing me because uh, all of the four men in this movie looked almost exactly the same. Yes, they did. And again, I don't know if that's in this just particular me. Movie, I, I want to say in this particular movie, I knew it was the professor like pretty, Very pretty soon. quick. Yeah, just because it, it just seemed like it was playing into the like giallo thing. It's like it's the person you least suspect. And I knew he was the least suspicious because he was just, you know, he's kind of charming and it just seemed like somehow it's going to be him. It wasn't the shoe shiner. No. The shoe shiner? Who's the shoe shiner? Oh, wait. Was that, was that the last one? No. The shoe shiner. I don't remember a shoe shiner. Here's fucking here. Go get your shine box. Yeah. Yeah. This is the movie with the shoe shiner guy. The, the mute. The mute shoe shiner. Yeah. What was his deal? He was just a mute shoot. It seems like every person with like a handicap in this movie, in Giallo movies in general, mm-hmm. except for that milkman who was just stupid. Yeah, that's not gets a killed. legitimate handicap. No, not did the not well. Yeah, but in Cat and Cat and Nine Tails, the blind guy didn't get killed. He was a. Uh... Yeah, but Dario Argento fucking fixed that in Suspiria. He was like, oh yeah, the blind guy guy dies yeah, yeah. by fucking getting devoured by his own dog. <laughs> As you would. You think they're helpful. <laughs> service dogs, they call them. Death service. Death service. Oh, everyone had hazel eyes for some reason, which is probably what was throwing me off about... Oh, there's the sound of cats fighting outside. I don't know if that's being picked up, but... Those aren't cats. What is it, then? terrifying are we picking this up I hope so what the fuck is that raccoons uh, raccoons that was epic. wow that was an I epic. wish I hope we picked that up oh my god that was oh Satan. my god Satan came for us man oh my god and we probably didn't fucking immediately we'll grab the mics and put them over there okay we mm-hmm. gotta get we gotta get our mic game it, on we do we gotta get mics just like that was ambient bullshit. Ambient mic happening. That was bullshit. We should have just we been We suck. <sighs> okay. Well, oh, that was sweet. We'll do better in the future. Yeah. Okay, so there was um, a lot of cliffs in the Italian villas. Oh, all the beautiful, cliffs. Just beautiful scenery. Italian villa, cliffs, and women laying out nude and enjoying themselves and feeling just feeling fine. Drinking a lot of wine, taking a lot of painkillers. Oh, here it comes. Let's see if we can catch it with the mic. The, the war outside. Beautiful. 
still going. It's still going. It's not going to end anytime soon. This is perfect. Soon. This is perfect for the subject matter. Absolutely. It's incredible. Why do I not have an air gun right now? Yeah, we need to get rid of these things. I, I've never heard anything like that. It's got to be like an op- a possum and a raccoon. Poss- possum versus raccoon. Territory, turf war. It's got to be two nocturnal animals, like a raccoon, possum. God, it almost sounds like a raccoon killing a baby. Which, if, you're, if you leave your baby out How isn't night, it over happen. yet? I don't know. Who will win, raccoon or possum? My money's on possum. Oh, my money's on raccoon. Really? Well, they do oh, have yeah. those hands. Oh, yeah, they're handsy. Dude, they're trash pandas. They are. One time I was taking out the they're trash. They're super smart, actually. They are. One time I was taking out the trash, and I threw a trash bag into my trash can outside. <laughs> a a raccoon, raccoon flew into the air. <laughs> just right out in the air. It was gigantic. And it was just in the air. And they're I'm, big. I'm, they're I'm, actually I'm, really they're re- big. It was really big. I was like, <laughs> it's a bear. They're bigger than cats. Yeah, oh they're bigger God. than big cats. It was huge. And it was like, I was sure it was going straight for my face, but it just like missed me. Went over my head. No, they don't. they don't want to fuck. They don't want to fuck with things. Dude, they're fucking like carrion eaters and omnivores and shit. Mm-hmm. But it was still... Uh, omni! Omnivore! So, yeah, so... Okay, so you have the male violence in the... I mean, I don't know where I got this male violence. I mean, I guess there was a lot of violent male... Oh, yeah, because uh, Stefano, like, was choking of the prostitute. I think that's what made me yeah. think of that. And also, is like, you know, the jocular... The jocular biker stuff yeah, going yeah. on oh, yeah. right like, from the fuck, beginning. Yeah, fuck that bitch. You know, right, right, right. In the dust. Oh, you ain't, you ain't got the, you ain't, you can't go up to the villa. You ain't in this villa, man. You're right, you Shit. can't get up in there. But no, yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. And those, yeah, those guys that seen in the church where they brought the lady and start fondling her, and then yeah. she goes out and gets murdered in a swamp. Right, swamp murder. Poor girl. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah, well, there was a lot of poor girls in this. There's a lot of nudity in this, even more than lots of um um the the helpless woman trope. Yeah, but the, you know, lots of the helpless lots woman of trope. the helpless woman trope. Yeah, and it's like these films are generally classified as sexist. Are they really? A lot, yeah. Huh. It gets I, thrown I around. I couldn't see that. <laughs> but this was like the '70s. It was the '70s in, in Italy. Italy. Yeah. So come on. Like it's a, never mind. I'm not going to talk bad about. it people so yeah there's a lot of creative camera movements yep 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 I just, loved, just the way um, you moved the camera was just brilliant especially during the uh, the scene when she was trapped in the in the room with the guy well trapped in the house oh the yeah oh that was really I loved smart. everything about yeah. that it's just like only showing you just enough to mm-hmm. to be like terrified yeah and like Showing her like trying to poke the key out with a pair of tweezers. Oh yeah, and, and then it gets falls onto the paper. Yeah, and she pulls yeah, it and he puts it, paper. misses the paper, and then he puts it. Who put yeah. it on there though? Was uh, the doctor? No, 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 no. It was the actual. Oh, killer. it was the killer. Yeah, it was the professor. You know, he's fapping hard to that. Oh, he was. He be fapping. He be fapping. He be fapping. We be fapping. Yeah, yeah. I, I was fapping in a <laughs> different way. So yeah, there's all this male gaze, like the creepy panting. And so the okay, here's the thing: the, the, the like dichotomy between male and female gaze in this movie. So the male gaze is always just like erratic, violent, heavy breathing, 
just like like that but it was and all the females like well, especially They're the lesbian quiet, quiet and elegant elegant yeah erotic yeah it's just completely completely like in one way it's completely sexist but in another way it makes men just seem like just utter garbage too so but that's sort of like as a gay man you know I'm like hearing some noise <laughs> yeah. you know I hear you I hear you you know, just a little bit of moaning is over. Well, that's bad. not what I meant by the moaning. I meant like when they were like, like when the whole villa was watching the black girl on, sitting on the tractor, and they're all just like, oh, you mean, you mean, oh, well, they were all probably heterosexual men. Yes, they must. Uh, heterosexual were. men are very fucking loud and dumb when it comes around to to hot women. Have you that, ever been on a construction site before? Um. Yeah, briefly. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen a hot woman walk? A, it's like a sea of hard hats rotating. No, but I, I know that. I know that. <laughs> I've heard. I've seen in <laughs> films and television. And Oh, um, mm, interesting. Okay, so I'm going to so maybe skip ahead a Go little ahead. bit in Please the movie. Do. Yeah. Um, so the doctor... Turns out to be the good guy. He's a good guy. He he actually, which is interesting because he's the doctor, and it's sort of like fucking Doctor Who. It sort of is like Doctor Who. How do you like Doctor Who? Because he's like the attractive, like sort of like he's unexpectedly attractive. When he shows up on the train, right? But he's efficient. He's smart. Yeah, he notices when the woman is trying to signal. Yeah, he has luck. Right. Yeah. Which the the which Doctor Who does That's too. That's true. Okay. I see. I see the. You know. And this was after. Now. This was well after, after Doctor Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor Who was. Oh yeah. And it's like the same exact getup. You know, like mm-hmm. a nice little vest. You know, everything's all neat mm-hmm. and tidy. It's also very cool. But he can hold. He can get kicked in the face. Mm-hmm. He can take a kick <laughs> to the face. That was cool. The fight scene between oh, him and that the fight professor scene was. Excellent. That was awesome. That they were was just excellent. beating each other to death. It was so good. Right. It's like, oh, I'm going to hide in these barrels and kick you in the yeah. face. One thing you didn't <laughs> expect to see is like a well-choreographed fight scene, but that's certainly what it had. Right. It did, actually. Right? They were just grabbing random objects and smacking them, gouging them, each other with it. Yeah. It was awesome. Right. And then at the very end of it, when mm-hmm. she sees the killer first... And then he comes out of shadows and is the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. that was I good. love that. I was like, oh, really? It's going to end like that? It's going to yeah. end in the darkness? <laughs> but it didn't. No. Oh. I yeah. Was, I was almost. I thought when they introduced the doctor, I mean, they do these, like, clever things. I thought he was going to be, like, had some. Oh, yeah. Cool, because when he comes in, the two uh, lesbian women, the couple, they're asleep. And it makes, it seem, makes him seem predatorial. Or predatory. Predatory is probably an unnecessary amount of letters, but pre- it makes them seem predatory because they're asleep, essentially, and that's it. But then, but then, you know, as time goes on, you realize he's this good guy, he's a good doctor. He's actually the most legitimate person in all of these films yeah. that we've talked yeah, there's about. There's very probably. few decent people in any of these movies. Right. He's just gonna actually. Oh, okay. Here's one of these notes that I have. How isn't okay? How is 1970s Italy healthcare system better than what we have now? <laughs> it's, uh, He's like, here, 
here's a bunch of pain pills. Yeah. He comes if to something the house. Happened, he comes to your house. Yeah. And I'm sure he's legitimately priced. Yeah. Reasonably priced. He's a, he's like, okay, he's a have, if you're having trouble sleep, there's some fucking muscle relaxers, there's some painkillers. Call me in the morning if the inflammation doesn't go away. That's what you want to hear from a doctor. And comes to your house. Oh my what god. What the fuck? And then he saves you. He notices when you have a mirror with the right. sun Right, he's trick. like, they didn't call. Yeah. They didn't call. I saw some weird thing. Her best friend's car is still at the shop right. that I drove past. I better check up on them. Yeah. You couldn't fucking pay a doctor to fucking... Oh, yeah, my doctor doesn't know I exist. Right. Yeah. Shit. Dude, like, I had this mole removed from my from my lip here. <laughs> from a fucking plastic surgeon. And this is what it looks like now. Like, Oh, yeah, they don't care. They don't care. Unbelievable. Un-fucking-believable. Right? I'd, I'd rather give that doctor's fucking $300 a visit. You know, if he's just there for 40 minutes. It's like, oh yeah, touches my foot. Mm-hmm. Leg's not broken. Here's some anti-inflammatory drugs and some pain pills for like two days. Yeah. Tell me if it doesn't get better. Yeah. I'll get you next He's got day. you covered. What would be wrong with Total that? No coverage. insurance necessary. Not at all. Uh, we can move on to what is a yet another excellent giallo film. Probably Dario Argento's best giallo, straight giallo, Deep Red. I've got a bit to read about Deep Red here. Deep, uh, okay. okay, Deep Red, 1975 by Dario Argento. Also, there's a really good article I read on it. It was uh, by Aaron something I, I, le- I left out his last name it was it was on it was on a website called Kino Eye but it was com- it was uh, using like David Hume's philosophy comparing it to um, Deep Red and I'm not gonna get into that just gonna give a brief synopsis here so Deep Red was produced by Claudio and Salvatore Argento keeping it in fam once again once again it was about the whole nepotism incest thing yep. it's all it's you all know. making sense now it's all coming together they're all making movies and incesting all the time. To win incest. For the win. It was written by Dario Argento and Bernardino Zapponi, who I believe he worked with quite frequently. It stars David Hemmings as a pian- pianist who investigates a series of... It was of produced by that man? It was produced, no, it was produced by the, his uh, brother, or I think brother and father, or Argento, Claudio oh, okay. Salvatore. But it was um, Bernardino Zapponi uh, wrote it with him. So, it stars David Hemmings as a pianist who investigates a series of murders performed by a mysterious figure wearing black leather gloves. Surprise! The OJ gloves, they're in every fucking movie. Every <laughs> So, David Hemmings also starred in a great film by Michael... Except in Torso. What's the, oh, yeah, didn't have in Torso. But David Hemmings starred in Michelangelo Antonioni's Blow Up nine years earlier, which is, I'm sure, why he was tapped to work in um, Deep Red. It was an excellent film. If you've never seen Blow Up, I, I, I highly suggest this. But a photographer who thinks he witnessed a murder, and he keeps blowing up the photograph, and the more he blows it up, the grainier it gets, and the more it looks like there's a dead body. But you never really know, because it's just... You, don't, you never know if it's in his head, or if it really happened. So David Hemmings starred... Ah, yeah. ah, I have a side note. Yes, what is it? Um... 
I have a note here that says it alternates. What alternates? Deep in deep red, the the perspective alternates between first and third person very seamlessly in this mm-hmm. movie. Yes, it does. It makes it makes it very nice. It's great camera work. A lot of great mm-hmm. use of color. A lot of beautiful few beautiful sets that were clearly everything. I don't built. understand how they get these such sets, good sets in these, every one these of sets these. Were, these sets were built. They're like these beautiful theatrical sets. That entire street. Where like the I don't believe that. I'm telling you, it's true. And they simply didn't have the money for that. I, I know they I didn't. think Dario Argento had pretty good funding from working in like spaghetti westerns, which were very popular, and his family being involved. I I see. I thought they just were able to just buy out random streets. Mm-hmm. Wait, who played Carlo? So was Car? Yeah. Wait, which one was Carlo? Was he the uh, the gay killer? Carlo, no, uh, I think the pragmatist, or hmm. the, uh, <laughs> the pra- pragmatist, <laughs> the, the Jordan the Peterson good one. of Giallo. the good one, mm-hmm. not the antagonist, mm-hmm. okay, I'll just keep reading, okay, so Deep Red also starred Daria Nicoldi as the reporter Gianna Brezzi, the very tough and witty and smart reporter chick, she was like, Oh right, the opposite of every everything yeah. else that was uh, demonstrated in geology. I know film. she's strong, she's witty, she wants to get to the bottom of things. She beats him at arm wrestling. It was shot mainly on location in Turin, Italy, in sixteen weeks. Argento chose Turin because at the time there were more practicing Satanists there than in any other European city, excluding Lyon, which I'm probably saying way wrong. Argento and Leon. Argento and Zapponi tried to base the murder scenes on common painful injuries that the audience could relate to, which is a good idea. That uh, works. Dude, well. uh, dude uh, there's nothing worse than like breaking one of your useless toes. And, yeah. Uh, like by running out and stubbing <laughs> it on something. Yeah. I think the scolding bathtub scene was particularly disturbing Ooh, yes. to me. And just showing her bubbling skin. Oh yes, that bubbling oh, like a delicious mm. DiGiorno pizza. Okay, the music was done by Italian prog rock band Goblin. This was the mm-hmm. first film that he used Goblin in, just to clarify. And they're amazing. If you can download or legally or buy a vintage vinyl copy of a Goblin record, you'll be the happiest human alive, and everyone will think you're cool. And you can just stop going to school and work and just listen to Goblin and be kick-ass. Yep. Argento first tried to get jazz pianist Giorgio Gasolini. And he tried to get Pink Floyd, but was unable to. So then he started looking around, and I think it was in Turin that he found that he found Goblin, who he would work with very frequently. And here's just a quick IMDb synopsis. After witnessing the murder of a famous psychic, a musician teams up with a feisty reporter to find the killer while evading attempts on their lives by the unseen assailant, bent on keeping a dark secret buried. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. And yeah, there's a million cool scenes in this. I love all the scenes that occur in that ki- that cool mansion. That's like that uh, that the the killer and his mother. The apartment. The apartment. Well, there was. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the uh, oh the abandoned the abandoned thing? Yes. Oh, oh, I wasn't even there yet. Oh, okay. I was gonna say um, there's a lot of like weird socialist and and Jewish imagery in this movie. Yes, explain. Um, uh, there, there were a lot of... Uh, there were a lot of... There, were ta- there was a table 
mm-hmm. in the shape of the six-pointed star. Right. Yes. There is a mirror in the shape of the six-pointed star that I believe was the one that was removed mm-hmm. that you found out later in the film because you saw the reflection of the uh, of uh, the uh, mother of the gay dude, right? right? Mm-hmm. And that's why that was. The whole removed. scene with him was with him cutting into the wall and finding the secret room, right? And that oh. creepy doll that busts out of there, right? Right? That's right? Like what man? Was that? How did that I, even happen? I, I I don't understand that. There's all these like references to like like a like clockwork dolls in this, right? Um. So it's just weird, and it busts out of the wall. It's like, and I don't know how they achieved that. I think they must have gotten like a like a midget in there. It, uh, it might have been on a rail. It could have been on a rail. It could have been on any number of things, but it looked insanely creepy. It was, right. It was like right. It was super like creepy. Mech- it was like organic in all the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I have here an obsession with coffee and weird gay stuff. There was gay stuff <laughs> all over stuff. the place. Actually, and because the killer was, in fact, you know, it turned out that he was that he was a he was a gentleman of the gay persuasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I like the whole scenes with him in the beginning, just yelling in the street, getting wasted. Yeah, hanging out at the uh, at the, uh, at the jazz club. Yeah, at the jazz at club. the jazz why club. Are the, why are these jazz pianists like so tortured and stuff? I don't know. David Hemmings, though, I just, he's a great actor. They did well choosing him. He has this uh, expressive face. He's just a, he's just a real all around ah, pretty guy. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. And I, and yeah, I don't, I don't, there's something I like about uh, Gabriella Lavia. She has this odd face that's also very attractive and intriguing. Now, Deep Red was not made by Martino, correct? No. Deep Red, Deep Red's Argento. Right, Dario Argento. Okay, or Dario, Dario. Well, I noticed. I the Dario. Uh, uh, Martino. Every other Giallo director seems to have this obsession with like, like food and drool and shit. Drool, yeah, these uh, yeah. And Martino doesn't really do that. He has blood coming out of mm-hmm. the mouth. And in the blood in the Martino films is is like ragu. It's so thick. Right, right. It's so red. It's not. Whereas Dario Argento, it's clearly just red paint. Like he's not. He's not trying to make right, it look but real. Everybody's so drooly, and there's like a f- there's food references mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah. Like they they're always eating, mm-hmm. or there's always there's always like um, well that could be a number. I mean, it could be like this reference to like I don't know. There's always like these references to or bubbly, bubbling drool, bubbling like drool when, when they fucking get all when they get when they get all stuff. stabbed up. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's a, there's a that. I don't know if it's like a reference to just hedonism, the grotesque. I don't know if it's a reference existence. to anything. I don't know if it's I noticed a stylistic that the, choice. That's the director's uh, sort that's of his uh, style. Ha- Maybe he's hung up on it. He's hung up on drool. Right, Dario, Dario specifically. Yeah. And it seems very drooly. Well, maybe there's something something there. Maybe he's afraid of <laughs> bodily fluids. Because I know you think of like HR. Also, another great fucking soundtrack is. Oh in this my movie. god. Just the, I love just there's so they have a great pulsing mm-hmm. synth noises, just uh, goblin the pulsing is such a great <laughs> yeah. prog band. And you gotta think I mean, like and they they're a good re- uh, revealing to the fact that prog led to and directly to synth music, mm-hmm. which is like it's obviously like this t- this drawn back version of prog, 
But right. Goblin still has the like prog sort of heaviness and intent and complexity, but they're also using a lot of synth, and it's just it just sounds awesome. I just love it. It's atmospheric in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. It's not it's like it doesn't. You could actually do something mentally intense. You gotta wonder what it would have been like if he had got Pink Floyd for this. I mean, I don't think it would have fit at all. You'd have to totally cut out all the lyrics. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pink Floyd is is kind of known for their ability to... I mean, they uh, played along to... They're atmospheric as fuck. Yeah, they played along to... It was either a rocket launch or the moon landing where when they aired it on BBC or the BBC, they they just had Pink Floyd jam to it. Pink Floyd had this interesting period post-Sid Barrett where they just didn't really... Roger Waters wasn't exactly comfortable as a singer and he just came out with... They just came out with these kick-ass, just like free jams... Hmm. It just sounded awesome. They were just... I don't know. Yeah, they probably would be... You know, fuck all these fucking Wook bands. Like Wook? What is Wook? What is a Wook? I don't know, man. I'm it's not... like a neckbeard... But... A neckbeard nerd. But Who in a, a druggy hippie way rather than a computer nerd way. And what does the music sound like? No, I'm just saying it's like Wook... The Wook stuff is like, you know, like Grateful Dead jam oh, bands. Oh, okay. And Grateful Dead cover bands. Oh, yeah, and no, shit that shit's like weak. That. No. Although recently I've been a little more interested in Grateful Dead. I'm just kind of curious about them. I don't like them. I'm just a little more curious about them lately. I'm just listen to I don't know. Well, I know I'm, not a, I'm not a big into the jams. I'm not a jam band kind of person. I like, I love psychedelic music. I love a lot right. of Jap psych. I don't shouldn't say Jap. Japanese psych. I like a lot of Japanese psych. I like I like the high rise. You gotta love the high rise. Very proggy too. So it's like oh, this, I, you showed me that the other I day. I did. Yeah. No. When you when you mix prog and like just hard rock, you get some amazing psychedelic enjoyment. Just like well composed music out of any genre is okay, but yeah. you don't want to just linger on some fucking gimmick. Like, no, no. And certainly just these like overly happy, swirly jam bands. I don't like that. Just swirling around. Music's supposed it's to like, be look, they're, getting it they, all out. They've got like six million dollars worth of drone controlled zeppelins in their fucking concert. <laughs> I don't care about that. Yeah, no. It's like no, I, yeah, every concert nowadays always they always have like these visual light shows. Like I went to go see the Pixies and they had this like obnoxious, like useless visual light show going on, you know. And they had the audacity to play some of their new songs. Me Which and Andy, me and fair, Andy saw Com Trues in Syracuse. Who I don't even know who that is. Clearly, my yeah. references to bands are much more like I'm very dated. I don't. It's I don't a, know like a music. weird sort of synthy. Uh huh. Uh band but they had a, a like it was like a very minimal light show like they just mm-hmm. had like panels oh you can be tasteful but it was just a, it was it was super tasteful mm-hmm. and very well done you like know, you know who does uh cool light shows is gary panther gary panther i don't know was the head was the lead art director on peewee's uh playhouse he oh also, i bet he does <laughs> oh yeah he makes sick light shows they're like very minimalist though and he also makes uh he like he does like uh, not he, he does like he designed like a, a room in like some German hotel or something, like the playroom for kids. You know, all inspired by bad acid trips. It's very good. He's very good. He, 
Everyone who worked on the show is great. Wayne White, there's a great documentary about Wayne White who worked on the show. It's called Beauty is Embarrassing. Wayne White now makes these um, paintings that, like, they're just words, like, but doing weird things. Like, one of them is called Fuck You Invasion. So he just gets these, like, old, like, paintings from thrift stores and paints words on top of them. So it's just, it's an ocean with just, like, huge fuck you letters coming forward and they're opening up, like, aliens are about to come out of it. A lot of good stuff. Like the actual letters, fuck you? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Good. Yeah, look him up. Wayne White. Sick. Plus, just his work he did on Pee Wee's Playhouse. He did, like, the, all the puppet puppets were all him. And uh, also, he worked on Beekman's World, which was a fun <laughs> wow. show. He was the sole <laughs> art force on that show. Art director, artist. He did everything. So, which is why some of the art looked what very... What channel was that on? Uh, Beekman's World? I feel like it was, it was a Saturday morning cartoon. It was, like, ABC or something, or... I don't remember who did the well, Saturday Because I record. vaguely remember that. This guy that's a green right jacket. At, but I... It was right when this was like, Bill Nye was out, so it kind of threw me off. Because I was so expecting like a straightforward... early to mid-90s? Yeah. Okay, because I was gonna... Okay, because... Sci-Fi Channel rocked my fucking world oh, right yeah. at that point. During the weekends. Oh, my dude, God. Dude, the sci-fi... Saturday Sa- anime. Saturday no, anime? Oh, dude, yeah. Dude, even... Uh, dude, that... Time Warner or whoever was doing the cable had no idea they were showing fucking rated R cartoons oh, yeah. on fucking 10 a.m. Oh, that was epic, yeah. That was awesome. Plus, Sunday morning, you had Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, oh, right, right, and that's what led into it. And they, like, I, I'm pretty sure they would always play, like, two episodes of Mystery Science Theater, so what should I mean? They're, like, two-hour episodes. And they're always, a, it was just amazing waking right. up on Sunday to that. So good. It was. It was mm. a good time to be alive. Mm. Now, like, I don't know what's on TV today. Who, who watches TV? Oh, well, I mean, I watch the shows. I watch shows from TV, but right. not on TV. I only watch cartoons. Big fan of uh, of Clarence. Papa, 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 Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig, I like Peppa Pig. I love Peppa Pig. And uh, what else? What's the new one that's really good? Uh, I mean, Gravity Falls is great. And, uh... I can't remember. Oh, oh, Apple and Onion. That's my favorite. Oh, okay. With uh, Richard Awade. Awade. I'm not forced to watch these. I, I would watch However, them even if I wasn't forced to. However, I, I I'm a, such a fucking HBO fanboy right now. Oh, yeah, HBO's always cranking out the hits. I don't... Dude, they What's they the, made The Wire and they never stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, well, actually, that I means The Sopranos that started it. But yeah, The Wire. The Wire was arguably better. No, I, I think The Wire was certainly better. I, I wasn't a huge fan of The Sopranos, actually. It just wasn't my style, I it guess. It just wasn't... A lot of it is I don't like anything with the mob set in the modern day. It just, like... It's that's it's, not how it works anymore. No, and it's kind of depressing, like, if you think what the mob actually is now. It's just, like, this... this if that's how it is, itself, really? Yeah. I don't it's know. like really you couldn't fucking twist union workers around better than that like <laughs> you know we could do that better yeah we'd be great mobsters no no I mean <laughs> <laughs> the twist union labors uh, fucking you know oh you want to continue work <laughs> you better buy me a McDonald's lunch or these air samples are gonna <laughs> fail and I'll convince the construction managers to <laughs> fucking <laughs> shut you down <laughs> That's one way to get a McDonald's lunch. 
<laughs> that's what I said to to my supervisor. He was like, you know, you should really take your da- samples down early and just mark them like you read them the full time. And I'm like, what the fuck you think my professional integrity is worth? A fucking McDonald's lunch? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you better fucking Wendy's, get on. me a bottle of fucking Japanese scotch. And fucking give yeah. me some fucking head licks well, from fucking Lapo. Yeah, well, first of all, we have, <laughs> one, we have one job, and that's to like to pay yeah. attention and to take your samples, yeah. and just to say why, why do you fuck up the one, the two things you're supposed to you're do. You're right. Like I want you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Whatever. Oh, okay. Deep we'll red, the arm wrestling scene. I just thought it was mm. pretty, she, that was great. She did. He didn't let her win. She won far and square, and it was good. She took he was down. an American too, right? Yeah. He, uh, the actor is British. I don't know if he was playing an American or not. Per, why do I think? I don't know. Well, we, it might be because of in the bird with the crystal plumage. The right. Right. Actor's that American. Was, was another artist who was a writer and this time we have a pianist no I think he was a, a natural natural Italian so okay so apparently the psychic could read the thoughts of the murderer and that's why she was murdered mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she was in his head what was, what was that one scene but the psychic was the murderer though? No, psychic was the the murderer was the gay guy. I don't remember what his name the was. The gay guy and his mom and his mom, who was not a psychic, and they also killed the uh, the writer lady who he was consulting. Right, because she would she wrote about like that creepy house they lived in or something, and it was creep city. Oh, okay, it was that one. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh shit. Profundo Russell. Right, and uh, here I'll read you some of the storyline. A psychic who I mean, she re- got beat in the, the cemetery, beat. right? Or oh wait, no, she's beaten in her apartment. It was like this was the that thing was I said was like from Dress to that Kill. That was Don't Torture a Duckling. Yeah, sorry, that's okay. So this is this is like uh, in Dress to Kill. It was just like the murder in the apartment. I mean, he witnesses it from afar and he runs in to go help. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's like, I'm David Hemmings. I know. Yeah. Right, and then you found out later that he saw the reflection of the murderer in the mirror, who happened to be the guy's, the gay guy's mom. Yeah. But we didn't see it because it wasn't in that scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But he remembered it after the fact. Right. <laughs> they do that a lot. They show you bits and pieces, and then they show you a bit more, and then they show it all at the end when somebody breaks down crying. It's like I did. And then it's another thing that's a little weird. There's always someone who they always the killer always explains everything they did at the end. Like I don't think that's how really how it works. It's like I think maybe they let it out bit by bit or just like conversationally. Thank you. Also, just need a little water. I'm feeling a little parched over here. Feeling a little dry in the mouth. But anyway, I, don't, I noticed. I was thinking a lot about dialogue recently. Oh, I had that note. I'm practicing more practicing Satanists. <laughs> more practicing. <laughs> I gotta have the Satanists. Dario. I wonder if they were. If he was actually what, a Satanist. It's quite possible. You know, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was briefly a Satanist. Did you were you aware of that? No. He has a song called "Satan Really Swings." <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I feel like there's definitely fucking something lost in translation with these Italian. There movies. is. There a little is. Uh, just, like just the nuance. Yeah. Just the nuances which and unfortunately the nuances of recorded speech mm-hmm. are what make make it nuance. Yeah. You yeah. know, or exactly. what makes oh, yeah. it makes everything. Absolutely. It's, it's ironic, I don't know. Some of them are better. I mean, I think Deep Red is one of the ones that is 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 just is comes off a lot better than some of the other ones. Yeah, I think it's more consistent. It is more consistent. I think the acting's you consistently good. You know, there's not good. just like oh, there's random prostitutes that never get seen again. You know. Yeah, I mean, people talk about Dario Argento's later work, like Suspiria, how it has this over the top acting. But if you look at his like the entire breadth of his work. It's clear that he can get realistic performances and decent performances. Right. When he's when he's not doing that, he is doing it on purpose. Like in Suspiria, right. that movie's supposed to be a dream, which is uh, I saw this great video on it online about it was like this Suspiria's Technicolor Nightmare. I don't remember who made it. It was excellent. Yeah. It, but it, no, it was just addressing like how it, that film is like a Technicolor Nightmare. And it was one of the. It was, I think, among the last films, if not the last film filmed in Technicolor. And he did these amazing effects. Like he would use colored gauze in the camera, in the light, in the in the overhead lights and everything, to just to make these monochromatic scenes that are very dude, dreamlike. Mm-hmm. And people behave like it's not going on in the dude, film. Dude, the when she jumps into the fucking barbed wire floor. That is like insane. A fucking. It is such. It's just like it He's, comes out of fucking nowhere, yeah. and it's just like this beautiful spectrum of mm-hmm. like blues and violets and yeah. like and, even and reds and blacks. Yeah, it's gr- even though it's not even a very bloody scene, it's just it's, it's just the, the most idea. Terrifying. Yeah, because I mean that's what good one thing Dario Argento is really good at. He's really good at finding like he did in Deep Red. He's good at finding these injuries that you can relate to because he wasn't like as a kid like try to climb over a barbed wire fence and you get stuck and it's just excruciating and you feel trapped and but imagine if that was just you just fell into a pit of barbed wire like, right. you can't imagine that because you've encountered you, barbed wire does that. and you know that it, but if it did happen you know what would go through your head as soon as you landed you'd be like i can't move i'm in intense pain but i can't move or it's gonna be a million times worse right. the only thing i can do is scream and cry Wait for death or wait for someone to save me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Wow. Eloquent, eloquently put. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but Suspiria, yeah, that's it's very clearly and and deliberately dreamlike. And you got and I just love Jessica Harper's performance in it. And I love... I, like I said, I love her performance in... Um, Which one was Jessica Harper? Jessica Harper was the main actress the, oh, okay. in, the, in Suspiria. And you watched... Uh, you watched uh, Phantom of the Paradise, right? She was the singer in the Phantom of the Paradise who sings the, the Faust song. I did not he, watch that. Yeah, I thought you said you watched the Phantom of the Paradise. No? I could have swore you watched that at some point. It's with the guy, the piano guy, and, and the sells his soul. And no, that sounds great. It's amazing. I thought you'd seen it. We should definitely cover it at some point. Okay, so let's talk about... Well, I mean, I feel there's more to say about Deep Red. I yeah, mean, there clearly is. I mean, oh well, Deep Red um, definitely had a lot of uh, influence on other movies, like um, mm-hmm. all the hanging dolls and shit. Yeah, yo, The Good Son copied that oh, right yeah, off I the bat. I love The Good Son. Such a good movie. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, and Macaulay Culkin's such a beast. 
He is, dude. I feel like I liked that movie because it reminded me of my older brother. <laughs> just, like, just how just, just gnarly he was and just like scary to be around. Which which one? Oh, uh, well, a couple of them. One time, I, dude, I made my my roommate uh, watch uh, Pink Flamingos when we were both tripping on acid. Nice. And he had no idea oh, what it was. Oh, it's such a good movie. Uh, oh, dude, I it's like so fucked perfect. him up. I fucked him up, dude. Oh man, when I saw Pink Flamingos the first time, I mean, I, I remember that the fucked up thing is I didn't even that wasn't even the first time Waters I saw. I was trolling through the video store and I saw the cover of Desperate Living when I was like nine or ten. You just randomly and I picked randomly it. picked it up, picked it out, watched it, loved it. I was like, <laughs> this is fucking bananas, you know? Like, there's a woman who gets a sex change and then her girlfriend doesn't like it, so she just cuts it off right on the spot. <laughs> like, I mean, not that that wasn't somewhat hard to watch, but just. Just how every scene was like... I liked all the dicks. All the dicks. Yeah, just how every scene was like... Whatever the most disgusting thing John Waters could think of, that was the scene. It wasn't as like smart and nuanced as like some of his... Like, Female Trouble was pretty nuanced because of the, like, the commentary on... On like fashion culture and right. like the media, a dropping and like a dropping. What are you? Uh, who wants to? Who was it? Who wants to die for art? That's <laughs> <laughs> just a shooting. But in the crowd. but but dropping or uh, I think it. I think that's what he called it. Where he would uh, as a as a kid, him and his friends would uh, steal stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. from shitty thrift stores like, and put it on like yeah yeah <laughs> put it on oh the, yeah no yeah he's well, I, I read that I read that in rags. role models he was talking about that there's something that kids were doing that he thought was brilliant in New York City they would go to a thrift store buy the ugliest thing they could go to like the almost high end fashion store they could go into the front door go into the front window and replace the mannequin's clothes with just garbage <laughs> <laughs> that's dropping yeah it's genius he has all these great like like little sort of things right his, his fucking fun uh, games have you ever read Every, uh, um uh his hitchhiking book oh no mary kate did she read a uh, car sick oh I didn't my god car sick yeah um i think we have it so i can read it yo it was great like his his dream as like fucking middle school kid like walking was just getting picked up by a trucker dude fucking getting <laughs> ravaged getting like, ravaged by a trucker dude that's awesome like <laughs> dude oh my god oh man role models is really good he's talking about all this the people he idolizes one of them was like a Japanese fashion uh, designer who's just basically what she does she just makes deliberately horrible clothes and she's and she's very severe and intense. And would, instead of like getting, when she has a fashion show, instead of getting miles, she just goes out in the streets looking for heroin addicts and pulls them in and dresses them. Oh, that's them up. perfect. Yeah. John, John Waters is one in one of her fashion shows, along with several heroin addicts. Oh, that's excellent. Mm hmm. Oh, shit. What's her name? Greta? Greta, the the egg the egg lady the egg lady oh, oh shit what oh. is her what is her name Ether, Edith 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 Massey Edith Massey, Edith Massey. Yeah. she is amazing yeah I love to always talk I don't I don't remember what it was but was I don't understand how she didn't get hired by everyone for I was like, yeah she's like so many I mean Divine got to be in another movie she was in that movie with a uh, Tab Tab Hunter I don't know I don't I didn't watch it because it looked like a piece of shit Tab Hunter was also in polyester though by the way. Mm. He was the male. 
Oh, okay. Uh, love interest at the end of the film. It makes no sense. The end of the film because everything right. she falls in love with Tab Hunter. The one kid with the shoe fetish comes back. <laughs> he doesn't sniff glue anymore. The other daughter comes back and is a nun. And I don't remember. Then something horrible happens. I can't remember to uh, Fishpaw. Was it name? Francis no, Fishpaw. I hope he's doing okay. I haven't heard anything from John. John Waters. Waters so now he does a lot of tours. There was like Christmas with John Waters. There's a John Waters summer camp he did it one summer, a couple summers ago, where you could you pay like several hundred dollars and you just spend a couple weeks with uh, John Waters. Of like camping? Yeah, it's a lot of money. There's like open bar and everything. Yeah. And cabins, and you just party with John Waters. So now he's just kind of just like in the business of being John Waters, which is awesome. But I mean, I would love for him to make another film. I loved A Dirty Shame. A Dirty Shame was Is that was really excellent. his most recent one? Uh, I think so. I mean, I think he was somewhat involved in the in the, the remake of Hairspray, which I haven't seen because I'm just not interested. One, I don't I don't like remakes. Two, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to watch a John Waters movie not made by John Waters. That's just going to ruin it. Right. But A Dirty Shame was great. Bringing back Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman's always great in everything. She was in the small-time crook. She was excellent in that. I feel like him and... Uh Somebody like Rob Zombie or somebody should make like some, some weird horror film. John Waters would make a great horror film. Actually, <laughs> right? Like, just, just this, just. I mean, his movies kind of are horror films. There is definitely that aspect. Like at the end of Pink Flamingos, where they're licking all the furniture to put a curse right. on it, and then they get rejected <laughs> by their own furniture. <laughs> that was somewhat horrific. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of scenes in that movie that had a horror vibe to them. But it's more horrible because you could actually see this happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, like even even like a dirty shame. It's like, yeah, Johnny Knoxville could cons- uh, cons- cons- construct some Charlie Manson cult around, around like sex, sex. sex <laughs> induced by concussions. Sex. That was great. And just every... He wanted to con- include every possible fetish, in, and I think he managed... Even some new ones. I don't think Roman showers are real. He being dirty. <laughs> or what? He likes dirt. Dirt, dirt worship. <laughs> dirt worship. Dirt worship. Tracy Oman, like, blows her nose into a Kleenex and throws it on the floor <laughs> for him. <laughs> and then uh, there's the baby man and the... Goo goo, I've been a bad boy, and um, <laughs> he's the sheriff. <laughs> Ursula utters, <coughs> and uh, yeah, he was the sheriff. That's great. <laughs> the sexual awakening at the end, where they all start headbutting each other. <coughs> I feel like that could be that could be enjoyable. And then they all ascend to heaven with the perfect orgasm. John Waters and Quentin Tarantino. They should team up. I mean, fuck teaming up with Robert Rodriguez. The last movie I saw by Robert Rodriguez that I actually enjoyed was uh, Desperado. And that was pretty early. That was like his second movie. And after that, it really fell off. I love Desperado. I loved El Mariachi, too. But... Actually, no, From Dust Till Dawn was good, too. And that was was his collaboration with with, uh, Robert Rodriguez. But nowadays, Robert Rodriguez makes a lot of kids' films and stuff. I'm not really a kid, so... <laughs> so they're not really for me, I guess. And also, Once Upon a Time in Mexico might have been good. I like. I generally think if I see a movie and I do not remember a damn thing about it, it probably wasn't that good. Right. Like, I've seen all of these. I know I've seen all of these, but I really don't mm-hmm. remember. Do you remember Desperado, though, right? That was awesome. Maybe. 
<laughs> I could just be lying to you again. <laughs> there was um, Cheech Marin was in it. He was great in it. Okay. Well, we eventually we said we we're going to talk about Tenebre. We got to talk a right. little bit about Dario Argento's Tenebre. Now, Tenebre is a later Argento. It is a 1982 film. It, right. Yes. That was the most recent one. And I, I, I gotta be honest, I didn't like it as much as the other ones. It was good. It had a very cool murder scenes. It had a cool plot. It was, uh, I liked how there was the, you know, the, uh, they had the book. And didn't he, like, stuff in, one of the first murders was, was, was he stuffed the pages of the book down her throat. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That he was did pretty do that. cool. It was also another Black Glove movie. Black Glove movie. I believe. I believe you are correct. Um, and had that American actor in it. What is his name? John Saxon. Oh right, it was another one of those American love uh, sort of movies. Mm-hmm. Right. They wanted the American to be the the hero. The there. hero, but he wasn't. He was the killer in the end. It was pretty weird. I don't know if he was a killer the whole time. Wait. This was uh, with the rooftop scene, right? That's Cat and Nine Tails. Oh, my God. It's okay. Tenebre, we both watched a while ago. Yeah, I didn't take notes on it. I didn't take notes on it either. I just wasn't... I wasn't incredibly thrilled by it. There were definitely cool scenes. Obviously, you have Goblin. Right. And you have... There was the, uh, the lesbian scene where the one lesbian is yelling at the other lesbian for being for sleeping with men, and then she gets murdered. And you have what do you have in this movie? Um, I don't know. The, the cool scenes were I, they had the you know they had the red herring of I don't know, was the guy like he was a reporter or something or a photographer, and I don't know. I, oh right. There was something okay. like maybe he was. See, I don't remember the exact details. I remember he might have been a killer. At some point, but then at some point the writer it switches, and then the writer becomes the killer. But I have to think that the writer was the guy who killed the lady with his own book by shoving the pages down her throat, which is what every writer probably wants to do to every negative. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Is that what you want to do? So I, that's what I want to do to every every rejection letter I get. Actually, what I should do is just Take edit that them. Publishers. <laughs> It's tough. It's tough out here for an English major. Mm, it's tough out here for a Jeff who fucking only watched this movie when he was very drunk. Yeah, I was. Uh, I don't think I was on top of my game when I watched this movie either. I'm only remembering bits and flashes of scenes. And I don't even... Right, I'm confusing this with... Um not, uh, but, but the the other one. Not well, cat, for, cat and nine tails. Cat, cat and nine tails. Okay. And that was like maybe we a should address one. cat and nine tails just just to say well what's a bad giallo. So I thought what was bad about that. I, well, I thought the plot was bad because like the whole thing of like it was it was dull. It was dull. It was it was it wasn't even convoluted. It was just kind of stupid. Like the, uh, the okay. This is why. This one is probably the weakest. Is this an uh, Argento film as well? This is an Argento film as well. Not it all, was memorable. It wasn't, no. Not all Argentos are created equal. 
I mean, and, and maybe that's the problem with a lot of the other GLE. Mm-hmm. Is that it's just not engaging enough, right? You know, so and I, I and I mean that. Granted, a, a drunk Jeff is is a glorious thing. Well, no, but not necessarily. It certainly can be, but. I should be able to remember certain parts of a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's even marginal. Oh, Argento uh, made, wrote the story for Once Upon a Time in the West. That was a spaghetti western. What? Really? Yeah. He did. He worked on a lot of spaghetti westerns. He did. I. He wasn't always like the main writer, but he was. Uh, he was involved. He worked with uh, Sergio Leone a lot. Okay, I'm just trying to find the one because did oh. Leone make a lot of spaghetti westerns? He did. He did. In fact, I will look up what spaghetti westerns he made. Sergio Leone. He's a handsome devil too. Big old mom. oh really? Big old beard. Oh, <laughs> never mind. I'm gonna <laughs> waste my time. Don't waste your time. Okay, so he's a second unit director on Ben Hur. I did not know that. He was assistant director on Bicycle Thieves, the Victor Sica, Victoria Victorio Sica, which is a good film. He also did Umberto D, which is another good film. But I'm trying to find out what spaghetti westerns he directed. Oh, that's his second dude. Unit. Okay, that's why. Okay, so he did the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is fucking amazing. What? Yeah. That's Sergio Wait. Leone. That's Spaghetti Western. You know, Wait, the, Sergio? Ser, yeah, Sergio Leone did. And I okay. believe Dario Argento did some script work on that film. He did uh, Fistful of Dollars and the sequel. Okay, the, the, well, that was the trifecta. Of yeah, so you had Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. But then he did The Once Upon a Time in the West and apparently a movie called Duck, You Sucker. I don't have any idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Once Upon a t- Time in America. That's I, not really what you want to do if you're getting shot at by fucking inaccurate pic- pistols. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to you roll to the side. Or Serpentine. You don't want to Serpentine. 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 <laughs> Serpentine. Is in with the in-laws, Peter Falk. Serpentine. This is a good Alan Arkin. So yeah, Sergio Leone. He worked with Sergio Leone a lot. Who's who has an impressive amount of credits as second unit director? Yeah, Bicycle Thieves, I guess, is the main stick out, sticking out like a trout, and that's about it. And Ben Hur, yeah. But it was a good. It was a good. And but Cat and Nine Tails was bad because the plot was like that. It was total. I totally knew who it was. Yeah, you knew who it was. It was that one guy who was trying to hide that he was. Her, her, and it had the, the idea that people could be uh, hereditarily could be, um, could be criminals, which was a, which is a very old idea that's been disproven. And uh, I mean, there. I mean, there's there's certain there uh, there's hereditary yeah. mental disorders. And fact, which, there's certainly factors. It was saying there was a certain amount of chroma genes you could find. Right. And there aren't genes you can find. There's brain damage you can find. Oh, absolutely. There's hereditary things you can observe. Uh, well, I mean, some uh, genes, I mean, if you're, like, genetically predisposed to be a psychopath or a sociopath. I know, I know but I don't think that you can isolate a gene that does that. Which, when this uh, movie was... Imp- yeah, you, you can. Can you? I believe so. I this movie like was implying if, that. if you're predisposed, like if your family 
has psychotic or sociopathic tendencies. But I'm sure that's, that's an that's a organization of genes. It's n- right. Yeah, it's a collection of genes. Yeah, I, I don't know. But you can make that sweeping generalization now. Mm-hmm. Back then, you N- couldn't. No, no. Back then, it was ridiculous. And just in the oh, I don't know, scene the scene like the like the dopey scenes with the blind man and his and his right. And his it's ward, like you know, young a, dying, a blind man does not make for a good fucking slasher flick. It did. It. <laughs> he was just a goofball. He was, and he just it was just weird. I don't know. And also. How does he find a fucking ladder to climb up to a fucking roof? How does oh, yeah. a blind man at the end See, of the movie climb I, up a fucking that ladder? It, it wasn't effective in that, like, well, the red herrings didn't work, and the red herrings that happened, I don't think, were intentional. Like, right. in my mind, I was thinking the whole time, I was like, what if the blind guy was blind? I thought it was the blind man. I thought, it was the blind I thought man. he was lying. I thought, I thought he was lying. I thought he wasn't even blind, which would have been very clever, and they could have dropped hints and everything. You know, they, right? And he's like, you, you're forced to love him the entire time. Yeah, and he has this like, you know, you're, just because he's you're, caring for the yeah, kid. But just because you're caring for a kid doesn't mean you're he not killing been, adults. Uh, he could have been like blackmailing that big fucking company. Like, although I gotta say, this did movie. If there were any good points to it all, it was just the fact that they reminded me of early Cronenberg. It reminded me of early Cronenberg films. Like Cronenberg had these like body, the body horror thing, and he always talked about jeans and stuff. I feel like. He could have done a clever version of this film. It's a lot like his okay. earliest, and it looks like Shivers and Rabbit, the first two David Cronenberg films. It, All right. it has All a similar right. vibe to it because I mean, because there's like medical facil- <coughs> facilities and stuff, and just very like you know, Cronenberg films are very like you know medical. I mean, obviously his films are about just straight up about doctors, like Dead Ringers, the Twin Doctors. Which was just very weird. I don't even know if I can describe it. I mean, I, can, I don't know if I can describe it without going on about it at a length. It was very good. Jeremy Irons, one of my favorite actors. It was a very Jeremy hand- Irons? Jeremy Irons. Google Jeremy Irons. If you do not get a boner, I will give you a dollar. I don't know about that. Oh, come on. It's Jeremy Irons. He was great. He is great. I don't know what he's in nowadays, but I'm a big fan. What? He's a handsome guy. Come on, man. Jimmy Irons, man. Whatever. See, I'm not. I'm not typically attracted to men. I don't have. I don't know if I have like great taste. But I think he's a good. I think you just like him because he can grow like consistent facial hair. Apparently, that's what what I look for in a man. (laughs) You got a scattered beard. I'm like, there's no way I'm messing his beard. My beard's pretty scattered too. My beard is scattered too, but I'm not. I don't currently have one, but. When I do grow a beard, it doesn't come in all evenly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, Tenebre, lukewarm. Yeah. It gets a lukewarm, like a cup of piss rating. Sort of. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. It just it wasn't, wasn't... It wasn't memorable. I mean, it was... I mean, it's post-Suspiria. It's post-everything really good. I've heard that the Stendhal Syndrome is very good. And um, so, side note... Asia Argento is Dario Argento's daughter was uh, dating at least uh, Tony Bourdain prior to his tragic uh, death. Right. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Tony Bourdain. Absolutely R.I.P. Tony Bourdain. He was the best man alive, almost. I bet you he knew a lot about these movies, and I'm sure he probably saw more of them than we have. Because, I mean, well, first of all, why? how do you even know about Asia Argento? You don't just meet her out of fucking Wegmans. 
He might have. He might have. It probably would have been a Whole Foods. It would have been a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. Whole Foods made $1.4 billion more than Monsanto did last year. What's Monsanto? The uh, GMO uh, producing agriculture firm. Ah, okay. Yeah, so, uh, so, you know, keep that in mind when you're buying your $12 bananas. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of different Gialli. There's some more that we should definitely watch. We should watch, um, what's that? We should we should watch Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Supposedly this is another great, this is another great Dario Argento film. Oh, we'll get on will it. it. Will it be better than, uh, will it have, uh, I think it'll be better than Cat of Nine Tails. Cat of Nine Tails. Which I don't think was necessarily bad. It just wasn't that I remember it more than Tenebre for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't crazy about Tenebre. Even though I watched Tenebre twice. The reason I wanted to talk about Tenebre because it was a later Argento. I was trying to cover the most ground. But unfortunately, it really seems like after the 70s, Giallo gets pretty weak. In a lot of ways, I mean, you know, we haven't really delved into the. I mean, you know, there's, there's also a lot of bad giallo just throughout the years that we mm-hmm. haven't talked about. Remember, I watched this movie called Buried Alive when I was younger. It was terrible. I watched some really goofy ones like Spasmo, and um. Oh yes, and that had like six alternate names. Yeah, they all have a billion names, but I mean, but in these, among these, there are gems. Bird of with crystal plumage was a gem. I love that. It was excellent. Blood in Black Lace. Excellent. Excellent. Another gem. And Don't Torture a Duckling. Also Lucio Fulci, and it's a gem. Bay of Blood. Bay of Blood. Mario Bava. Fantastic. Amazing. Inspired everything you know about slasher movies that came from Bay of Blood. All those... And if not, then it came from fucking... uh, Your Vice is... Is a lot door. Yeah. I'm yeah, surprised. Pretty much every single trope. One takeaway is I'm really surprised you do not hear more about Sergio Martino. He is right. an excellent filmmaker. Granted, we've only seen two of his films. However, both of those films were amazing. Like, to an equal degree. And They embody everything that is giallo and probably... Yeah. It's probably the most everything giallo. Everything that happened... During Italy in the seventies, yeah. so like pretty much, yeah, it's the most giallo of any of any of it. It's and, it ha- and it's the best, it's the most well executed plot wise. Cinematography is great. It's not as stylistic as say Dario Argento. That is one of the things Dario Argento has. Mm-hmm. He is stylistic visually. They're beautiful. I mean, you talk about cinematography. Like, it's not necessarily. Like, yeah, certain- yeah. You've got beautiful abandoned sets in these mansions that your producers know mm-hmm. somebody who owns. Yeah, like right <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, but it seems to me that Dario Argento had the most means out of anybody. Lucio Fulci probably had the least because he he got he got written off as a schlockmeister pretty early on, and it right. and it hurt him. And it probably and you know then he started just making movies just to make money, and that happens. Like the zombie, uh, uh, incredibly. Yeah. So, but you know, his early films were very promising. Don't torture a duckling. I mean, that he, for him, he had that kinetic style that seemed like it was going to go very interesting. And places. he was very fucking edgy. He very was edgy. Oh yeah, that was his, like an Italian, like 
like shoving the middle finger of his up the Italian church, uh, up the yeah. up the uh, fucking Catholic yeah. church. Oh yeah, I don't think anybody was doing that. That was then. that was all him. I mean, you can say he was the edgiest. I think you can say Sergio Martino was the most artful, just in terms of film. Yeah, I think he makes beautiful films. Yep. I could agree. I'd with say that. Dario Argento is the most stylistic, but it's very mm-hmm. subjective, very personal. His style is very personal, so it's his own thing. I mean, you know, you could say that about people like David Lynch. It's a very, right. it's a very subjective a style. This is very strange. And, and I'd say in a lot of ways, I could say David Lynch is similar to Dario Argento in the fact that they're both these depicting dreams. Right. They've got a very. Uh ethereal element mm-hmm. to it. What can we say about Mario Bava? Mario Bava's films are the most concise, maybe. It's a little weird, because we need to see more of them, first of all, but Blood and Black yeah. Lace is, 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 is just... It's not necessarily, like... That's the most realistic. It's it's just cool. It has, like, this vibe to it. But they're certainly it's the most smart, realistic. It's quick. It's, like, witty. I think he might... Maybe he's the most witty. Film He's the most... Aesthetically and maybe not, yeah. I think he's a very witty filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course, we're not mentioning a number of Giallo filmmakers. Among them are probably some great films that we neglected to even look at. We, we, we you know, we limited ourselves to eight films to talk about in two parts. So, obviously, we can't get to everything, but I think the, the main thing was to uncover gems, which I think we did successfully. Right. Um, I certainly had a lot of fun watching specifically uh, Martino's, uh, Sergio Martino's films. Absolutely. Uh, These I absolutely cannot recommend enough. Yeah. Anything by Sergio Martino is excellent. Just, I couldn't believe, I just, that's why, I mean, when I watched Torso, I was thinking about, like, why or why could we only have one Sergio Martino movie? That's insane. So that's why we had to add. We, we, We edited the shit out of that mm-hmm. it had to happen yeah absolutely and namely patched but <laughs> but it had that well we changed yeah we you know i just kept running into these these gnarly bad lucio fulci films and i and i kind of say i didn't really you know we probably in retrospect should have done something other than tenebre because maybe there's something later i mean I didn't want to do Suspiria because I feel like it's just not strictly giallo. It's not giallo. It's not giallo. It has too much supernatural stuff going on. I mean, the basic plot is supernatural. So to me, it's not giallo. Same thing with Phenomenon, which was a goofy movie with Donald Pleasance. But it's just not giallo. It's not a murder mystery whodunit. Yeah, it doesn't have that. I mean... It's just like a terrifying film. Yeah. Suspiria, yeah. I don't know. Phenomenon. Creepers was the release. <laughs> that, that's what I had. I mean, that's what I called it. When I bought the VHS, it was called Creepers. And it was, this was Jennifer Connelly era when she was in the, you know, the labyrinth and all that. So she was mm-hmm. just coming onto the scene, working with the Argento. But I mean, you know, there's, there's later film, oh, Berberian Sound Studio. There's a lot of, there's, now there's films that reference Giallo. I really liked Berberian Sound Studio. I thought it was interesting. I did. I even took notes on that. Awesome. Well, let's hear. Um, well, you look at. I have something. That's, it's okay. You look for your notes, because I thought Barbarian Sound Studio was very interesting because of the fact that what's different about Giallo is the fact that they everything they did 
was dubbed. Not even just Italian to English, but they did not record sound on right. set. It didn't happen. Which is very strange. It is strange. Um, I don't it's understand why people movies. would ever do that. I don't know. I think that I, maybe it was it was somehow It was cheaper. like a dubbing... Right. It was just... Uh, the, okay, that's why they would do that. Yeah, that's why they would do because it. Because it was cheap. But American films did not do that at this time. I don't think... I don't, I don't know for a fact, but I know a lot of French films I've seen that came out at the time did not. They recorded sound, you know, on set. It, it just makes the most sense. And they just gives them this weird vibe. But Barbarian Sound Studio is about them recording the, the dubs. Right, but, and it turned into some creep fest. Yes, and the and the man who and of it. course, uh, like it was an, an an American recording the sounds. Yeah, like what right. yeah. ties Typical. right into like the glorification of mm-hmm. like Americans, even though like there's really nothing that glorious to be fucking <laughs> shit. We can't even speak two languages. Nope, I can. <laughs> like we like we I can speak like one point two language. Okay, so yeah, but Barbarian Sound Studio it was pretty cool. He was a Foley artist, and it, and then the world starts to turn giallo on him, basically. Yep. And it was made by Peter Strickland. Oh, it has super mafia mafia feeling mm-hmm. to it. Too. It does, yeah. That guy is it's fucking creepy. terrified. The, the director it makes you think where they got the idea for that director. Like, was there some giallo director who was just known for being terrifying or in person? Was that? It could have been. I don't know if they're who they were referencing, if they were referencing a particular director or not. Oh, that that's if they're who would have that okay, out of out of the people we've I talked think, about, who would have that I been? would have think Lucio Fulci would probably he seems just from his films and how erratic they are, I would assume that he's probably pretty erratic as a person, but who knows, you know. Okay. I would have gone with the uh Maybe the Martino people. Yeah. Uh, whoever had the most nepotism going on. Mm-hmm. Which could have been Argento. Argento, too. yeah. Certainly. Maybe just be a stereotyping, but I mean, this we're referencing Barbarian Sound Studio, where there's clearly some like mafioso. You know, when your writer and your producer both have they share the same last name as you, like. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> I also want to say Peter Strickland, the writer and director of Barbarian Sounds, who made another excellent film called The Duke of Burgundy. It's oh, it's not like The King of Scotland. No, it's about uh, a lesbian <laughs> couple who are have a sadomasochistic uh, BDSM relationship, and the, <laughs> the, the 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 woman who the masochist uh, likes to be abused and. It's it's pretty absurd, and they they end up buying all these strange devices, and the the sadist is not actually a sadist; she's just doing it to please the woman, and it gets Aww. very it gets it's adorable. This is an adorable film, and it's very interesting. It's very good. Nice. Okay, so I think from here we can wrap up the cinema underground. We can close it up, close up shop, close up, lock it up for the night. Maybe. Yeah. I think we can do that. We've talked about our films. And talked about the films. Tape, we talk about uh, our free Andy campaign. That's right. We got to done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. Except, like, be good to people. Yeah. He's been a good guy. He's not a violent person. He's done. No, he's literally done nothing wrong, and he's, he's being 
horribly abused by the system at the moment, and we are deeply upset about it. Yeah. Um, so it's there's very, that. It's very saddening. It is very sad. Um, so, sorry to leave it on that note, but we have a friend of ours who is not with us today because of some very bad things that have happened to him. It's not even... They're just arbitrary fucking... It's arbitrary things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're sorry you couldn't be here. Yep. To record the second episode. Yeah. And hopefully he will be back soon. Ideally he'll be back Ideally he'll be back for the third episode. And he... And I believe Andy has particular investment in the third episode. I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be about. But it's going to be sweet. It's going to be... Trippy. Oh. Y'all be tripping balls, son. It's going to be radtastic to the mastic. Tile and mastic. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so that's it for the Cinema Underground today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you watch every one of these films, and if you like them, we hope that you expand your mind brain for a change. And watch some more. Watch some more Argento. We, we didn't talk about Suspiria, but, you know, watch Suspiria. If you haven't seen Suspiria, you gotta. It's, it's, it's a must-watch to the maximum. I briefly mentioned uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Check that out. Do yourself a favor. Fix your head, please, for the love of God. And also, yeah, maybe check out Barbarian Sound Studio if you want, if you want to get a good taste of Giallo before you get deep into the mix. Absolutely, and and long live Sergio Martino. He's the man. Sergio Martino is le man. And And Dario Argento. And Dario Argento is the man. He's obviously also the man. Mario Bava, kicking ass. Lucio Fulci. In his younger years. In his younger years. In his more idealistic younger years. His pre-zombies. So thank you for listening, and Have a great life. Bye-bye. Good night. Night Night-night. Oh, jeez.